You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. My name is Riz. If I have not met you, the pastor here at Reality Honolulu. Uh, this is my wife up here, Zoe, that was leading worship today. We have two kids over there playing with all the other kids, Eva and Liam. And uh, we're just grateful to be a part of this church community and uh, really honored and blessed and excited about what God has done and what he is doing. Um, not only is this Ohana Sunday, but the reason why this Sunday specifically is significant is that this is our one-year anniversary of meeting in this space. Um, back from, yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible. I don't know how that feels for you, but, um, you know, we were at Aliolani in Kaimuki. That's kind of our origin story. We were there for about two and a half years, and then COVID happened, and we really couldn't meet anything consistently in person for about 15 months. And then God opened the door here, and so today is our 52nd Sunday. It's our, our one-year anniversary of, like, regathering after COVID. So um, that's exciting, and it just happens to land on a celebratory party day. So um, thanking the Lord for this last year and all the years prior. And a side note to that, two months from now, on October 2nd, I know you're like, wow, jumping ahead already. I know October is like... Not that far away. It's weird. We are actually officially doing like a huge birthday celebration because it's our five-year anniversary as a, as a church. I know that's weird. That's like happy one year, happy five years, but the last couple years have been different seasons. So mark your calendars for the first Sunday in October. That is definitely one you don't want to miss. Um, but again, before we get into the Word of God, if you're, if you're new here, just want to give a couple announcements, uh, kind of who we are and what we're about and whether this be your four and almost five years of being here or your first time here, um, I think this will be a good reminder and helpful. Um, but number one is that uh, we really value community at this church, or we want to work towards that. We want to build relationships. And we see this church, this local expression of God's church here at Reality Honolulu, uh, much more than just this Sunday service. Um, we believe that we're the body of Christ and that each of us are integral parts of this church, that we're all of value and all of needed to really be uh, our full potential and be healthy and encourage one another and, and be there for one another. And so I want to just encourage you, whether you've been going to this church for almost five years or you're brand new, to get plugged in, be active. Um, and that can look through a lot of different ways, but I want to encourage you, obviously Sundays is a good connection point that you can quickly meet people. I want to encourage you to like make the most of Sundays, but then I want to push you out a little bit to, why don't you get people's numbers? Have dinner with them, go, 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 on, go on a walk with them, um, be present in their life. I want to encourage you to be an active part of cultivating community, and if you uh, if that seems a little bit out of your comfort zone, we do have some Ohana groups that meet weekly or um, every other week that are kind of more structured and um, not more structured. I mean like there's, hey, here's community. Here's Christians. Here's your church Ohana. Just show up, 
have a meal, pray together, fellowship together. Um, we will have um, possibly a, a couple more starting this fall as well. But I want to encourage you to get plugged in and be active uh, in this community if you aren't already. Or maybe this is just an encouragement to, um, you come on Sundays, which is great, but you want to get plugged in a bit more, uh, join a community. Uh, secondly, what we're about is that uh, God has just called us to be a church that serves together. Especially in this last year, as you know, God has opened the doors to incredible service opportunities here at this school and in this downtown area. And not only does that unify us as a church that we get to serve together and we get to uh, see God's kingdom come together, but also it's, it's a way in which we get to be the church and be the hands and feet of Jesus in um, this area. And it's a great way to get plugged in. I know for me, my story of Christianity, uh, I wasn't too hip to like, let's let me join like an Ohana group or a community group, but I, got, I jumped into like service. I served at the church and did stuff with the church. And the way in which I built some of my most, most meaningful relationships and how I grew in the Lord most was serving was jumping in and, and of outreach and community and, and just pouring out and allowing the Lord to use me. And so if you aren't already plugged in with a, a service opportunity, uh, I highly encourage you to. There's really three ways you can do that. One is on Sunday mornings. There is a lot that goes on on Sundays, everything from kids' church to youth ministry to set up to tear down to greeting to uh, cooking food to... Uh, all the things. So that's a great entry point. But if you have a little bit more time or if that doesn't work, there are endless opportunities during the week at this school that the school has like welcomed us into. If that's tutoring, if that's playing soccer, if it's playing volleyball, if it's working in the community garden, if it's playing chess, the school has welcomed us to be a part of this because there's so much need and they love us. And so if you want to serve uh, the middle schoolers here at uh, Ke'eli Kolani Middle, um, we'd love to have you. And then also uh, we serve the community, not only the church and the school, but we actually put on a monthly food uh, distribution. And um, we've been doing this for three months now. Next Saturday is our next one. And uh, it's incredible what God's done. Every month we, on average, it's about 700 people that we're able to help uh, with food and hygiene supplies. We've added a clothing and uh, school supply drive. There's all kinds of ways in that we tangibly are being the hands and feet of Jesus. But once again, all of that uh, takes people and bodies and people willing to be used by the Lord. And so if you want to be a part of that, we'd love for you as well. And on that note, thank you for your generosity. Um, this room right here, maybe you guys can see it, is full of clothes. Your closets have been emptied. Thank you. Maybe it's blessed you as well. But you've given, and we're going to give that out next Saturday. But I just want to say thank you for your generosity and looking through all your, your clothes and bringing them for the last month. Um, really excited what God's doing. So get plugged in with community. Get plugged in with serving. And then lastly, uh, where's our kids at? Youth at. Okay, back in the back. Um, we are a family church. We love our kids. We love our youth. Uh, on Sundays, we have all these back classrooms that um, 
have a lot of fun going on. We're going to have a lot more uh, announcements and things happening this fall, things we're doing. But if you have kids or if you have youth or you know other families, um, just know that that is available as well. But um, I said a lot. It's all on the website if you didn't remember. And there's a connect table back there if you need more. But without further ado, uh, we're going to get into the Word of God just for a little bit here. And uh, we're going to finish out our series in the book of Psalms. So throughout the summer, we've been going through the book of Psalms. And so today, we end this series, this eight-week series, in Psalm 150. So if you have a Bible, or if you have a phone app with a Bible on it, that's okay. You can pull out your phone right now. Just try not to get distracted. Um, But Psalm 150 is the psalm that we're going to look at today. And if you've been with us... You know that uh, we have been in the Summer in the Psalms series, and we've walked through Psalm 1, and then we've done about eight psalms, and we're ending at Psalm 150, which is the whole book. Um, We've looked at eight different psalms, and each of those psalms, each of those chapters that we've spent a Sunday in, have been a different genre. You know, the psalms aren't just one genre, but there's different types of psalms. They could be psalms of lament, or psalms of thanksgiving, or psalms of trust, psalms of comfort. Um, And so we've looked at each of these different genres, and we've worked our way through the book. And today we end at the very last chapter, the very last psalm, Psalm 150. And not only have we just, you know, read the text and taught the text, But what we've wanted to do as a church is to grow in prayer. And what the book of Psalms is, is they're songs, like musical songs to be sung, or they're prayers to the Lord, written by David and others. And so when we read the Psalms, we need to know, and we have looked at the last eight weeks, that we're reading either musical lyrics or it's poetry in the form of prayers. And the hope has been, and I think it's been really neat to see the growth that's happened in our church, but we've been challenged to pray the Psalms after we've learned what they mean. Right after we've taught them and heard, you know, this is the Psalm 136, it's a Psalm of Thanksgiving, and blah, 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 you've heard it. We've we've said, okay, what does that mean for me now in my own life, in my prayer life? How have I applied that? How have I grown in prayer? And it's been really neat to see how the Lord has done that. And so uh, it's been a beautiful eight weeks. This is, it's a lot happening today, but we end the book of Psalms today with Psalm 150. I'm reading out of the NIV translation. It says this, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, This is the word of God. Let me pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder 
that we as a people are to praise you, that we are to adore you, that we're to look upon who you are and what you've done, and in response, we're to lift our hands and lift our voices, and we're to worship you for who you are and what you've done. And God, as we're the church gathered in person, and we have our, our church family online, and those that might watch this later, we just ask that you would speak to us. God, we want to hear from you and not from me. I pray that I would be your mouthpiece or your vessel that you would use just to communicate to us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So Psalm 150. For many of you, you, you may have heard this, you may have memorized it. Uh, it's, it's said many times in church in, to, to prompt worship, right? Because the psalmist today is just declaring how we should praise God, how we should worship the Lord. And I, I don't think it's coincidence that the book of Psalms ends with this. You know, I think there's purpose in it. Right? There's been 150 chapters so far in the book of Psalms. I mean, we've looked at eight of them, but if you were to sit down and walk through how our Bible is ordered right now, is there's, we've read the Psalms, right? There's been 149 Psalms so far. And the book ends with Psalm 150, and it's a Psalm of praise. I don't think there's, uh, you know, I, think there's, I don't think it's coincidence that the psalmist orders this book this way. Kind of like if you didn't get anything else, if you forgot what you read for the last 149 chapters, this is what the Christian's response is to be. At the end of the day, if you forget everything you've learned, praise God. And he doesn't just say it once, he repeats it and he repeats it and he repeats it. Right? He says, praise God in the sanctuary, in the gathering of people. Praise him in the mighty heavens. So if we're not together, if you're just in the heavens, if you're just anywhere in creation, praise God. Why should we praise him? He says, praise him for his acts of power and his surpassing greatness. And then he goes on to say, if you still haven't got it, praise him with musical instruments. Actually, like have this visual demonstration of praise. Praise Him with your voices. Praise Him with these instruments, with these notes, with these sounds. And then he's like, even if it's just clashing cymbals, praise God. And then, I love it, because at verse 6, he just says, you know what? <laughs> even if you didn't get that, even if you can't play a musical instrument, just everything that has breath, praise the Lord. I just think it's such a good reminder. It's such a great way to end this book because I do believe it's reminding us of just like what's most important. Because again, right, we can complicate Christianity really well. We're really good at that. <laughs> but it really shouldn't be. Again, there's depths of theology and truths of who God is. And of course, we should study and know it and read the word of God. But at the end of the day, Everything that has breath, just praise the Lord because he's God and we're not, and we should praise him for that. I think it's such a good reminder. But again, right, 
praise, talking about worship. Worship in essence is ascribing worth to God for who he is and what he's done. And again, I think we can forget that because we have seen worship one way. With the church we grew up in, with the songs we sing, we just say worship. And it's like, oh, worship means this. But I think, again, we can forget, well, what, what, what is worship? Well, even the word worship, it's because God is worthy of our praise that we worship him, that we praise him, that we ascribe glory to his name. Worship is ascribing worth to God for who he is and what he's done. Again, it's not about us. It's not about worship isn't supposed to be about us. It's supposed to be us being reminded of who God is and worshiping him for who he is and what he's done. And again, that's, that's why we worship. The reason why we worship, and for us as a church, the reason why like half of our service is musical worship is because it's, it's meant to be a response to who God is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. And that's why if, if I was going to say, hey, what's, the, what's one of the most important parts of our service on Sundays? I would say it's the music after the teaching of the word of God. Because the way we view it is that is the time where we get to commune with and respond to and respond to God for how he's spoken to us through his word, through his spirit. The second set we call it of musical worship is the time that we get to respond to God. That's why every Sunday I say, hey, I want you to respond to God in however he spoke to you. And sometimes that's, the reason why these carpets are up here isn't just to like make it more comfortable for me teaching. It's so that we could kneel before the Lord. We could posture ourselves in surrender as, as a way of response. The reason why we encourage, hey, raise your hands, stand in the back, sit in your seats, because worship is just meant to be a response to who God is and what he's done. And sometimes it's surrender, sometimes it's praise, sometimes it's thanksgiving. But again, we are responding for who God is and what he's done. But again, musical worship is one facet of worship. But again, as Christians, I think we think worship equals, you know, the song that I sung on the way here on my playlist. Yes, that is also worship. What we're going to do right after this is worship. But again, did you catch what the psalmist said at the end? He wanted to make sure that he said, with everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Throughout the New Testament, we're reminded that worship is actually much more than musical worship. We're actually supposed to worship God with our entire being. We actually can worship the Lord with our giftings and our talents, with our resources, with our money, with our stuff, with our time. Everything is actually supposed to worship the Lord. But again, I think we can compartmentalize real quick and go, okay, the music has started. It's time to worship God. 
That's true. Don't neglect that. That's, that's a huge part of it, right? The psalmist remind us, worship is musical. <laughs> worship is with song. It's with dancing. It's with instruments. That is worship. But again, worship is supposed to just be with our being, with our stuff, with our talents, with our possessions. And what's a great reminder, or something to remind ourselves, is that worship doesn't have to be perfect or loud or showy for it to be worship. Right? We think, oh, to worship the Lord, it has to look this way or be this way, or I even have to feel a certain way. But what worship or what praise is supposed to be, is it supposed to be authentic, genuine, and from the heart. It's actually not supposed to be a show. Old Testament and New Testament writers are actually pretty direct with the readers of the Bible, of their audience, that the thing that almost displeases God most is lip service. Like just worshiping to worship for a show so that others can see. Over and over, the Bible would remind us that our worship, whether that's music or whether that's with our lives, anytime we're trying to, you know, please God and honor God and give him glory, it's not supposed to be for other people so that we could be seen or so we could feel better. Our worship's meant to come from a place of genuine, authentic, heartfelt gratitude. Like it's meant to be an overflow from what God's done for us. That's why our worship and how we do it actually doesn't matter. Yes, we're, you know, if you play music, it's like, oh, you you know, try to do it with excellence and, you know, do it well to honor the Lord. But at the end of the day, right, worship, I don't know about you, but some of my most incredible times where I felt like I've, I've worshiped the Lord or praised the Lord hasn't been in like a large setting with really loud music. It's been very personal moments, alone moments, still moments, where I've just been able to praise God and thank God for who he is, and literally no one's been around. And it hasn't been flashy, and it hasn't been showy, but it's been heartfelt. And again, that's what the Lord is looking for that, that worshipers that would worship him in spirit and in truth. Not for others' gain or others' purpose or others' approval, but that we would just be a people that praise God in the assembly or in the quietness of our heart because of who he is and what he's done. All right, again, it doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be loud, doesn't have to be showy. Again, there's so many different ways we can worship the Lord. But as people, as Christians, we're really good, um, I think we're really good at, at working, we're, we're good at serving, we're good at doing things for God. I think a lot of us are. We get saved and we get into a church or maybe just how we're wired, we're really good at doing things for God, for other people, even our church, like you guys serve so much and give so much, which is amazing. But... I think we can't 
forget, what's the first response to who God is? Work and service is one, but before we serve the Lord and give of ourselves, what are we supposed to do before? Well, a quote by 20th century pastor, author, theologian, A.W. Tozer, many of you might know him and love him, like me, um, really does heart check us with this quote. Let me, let, me, uh, let me say this a few times. He said in one of his works, when it comes to us and God and our relationship, he said we're to be worshipers first and workers second. We're to be worshipers first and workers second. And um, being in ministry for a long time, again, it's really easy to just get that opposite. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to pour out. I'm going to give. I'm going to try to grow in the Lord. And then, oh yeah, I'm going to worship Him now. I'm going to be with Him now. I'm going to hear from Him now. But what A.W. Tozer says is, is, is uh, I think, is a good reminder of priorities that actually, as a people, we're to be worshipers first. And we're supposed to be so in awe and thankful. We're so, we're so into who God is that out of that then comes, oh, because he first loved us, then I'm going to love others. But again, even the, like the, the best of us, it's really easy to get this turned around. Because God has genuinely burdened us with a love for others and a servant's heart. And that's really good. But it's supposed to come second. And you know, it's uh, also funny that I was, that I think is interesting is that uh, John Stott in his book, The Living Church, if you, ever, if you haven't read it, you should read it. His point was like, service and evangelism and you telling others about Jesus is of, of high priority. But he says the act of serving others and evangelizing and telling others is actually temporary. Because in heaven, you don't need to do that anymore. This is, that's a temporary occupation. But he says, you know what is eternal in heaven? It's worship. Like the worship of the creator God and his son Jesus and who he is is meant for now and it's meant for all eternity. It reminds me of that quote by A.W. Tozer. We're to be worshipers first and workers second. That's the order. That's always supposed to be our order. And what this means is that like us and Jesus, our quiet, personal, just simple and sweet relationship is most important. It's first. We have to preserve us and Jesus and our worship with him and our praise to him first. We also are to serve, and we're also supposed to give, and we're also supposed to be, you know, living out the gospel in the world, but we cannot miss out on that first and foremost, we're to be worshipers. Again, your friends, your spouse, your kids, evangelism, all those are really good things, but they're second. Just to the, the pure adoration and praise of who God is and what he's done. 
If you can take away one thing, it's kind of like what the psalmist said. If you could take away, you know, all of the 150 chapters boils down to verse 6 of Psalm 150. But let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Just you and I authentically praising God is everything and most important. As we all know, life is going to be or not be what we want it to be. Most of the time, it's not what we want it to be. I know for a fact that all of us have not wanted the last few years to have been the last few years. So many of us in our lives, like life is not going well. It's hard. Like I said last week, when I talked about Thanksgiving, I want to say the same thing with worship. Our worship, and this is where I'll end, shouldn't be or shouldn't adjust according to our circumstances. Like our praise should be steadfast because God's character is steadfast. Right again, last week we talked about, oh, our gratefulness, our thanksgiving to God shouldn't be based on how we think our life's going. Because again, we're thankful because of who God is and what he's done. Makes us a thankful people. Our worship to God should be the same way. Whether our life, like, again, I, when you walk in the door, God knows. But a lot of us, like, it's not going well. Some of us, we think it's going really well. All of us are in different spaces and places. Some of us have little. Some of us have a lot. We all come in with different lives, with different circumstances. But when we come to the feet of Jesus to the person of Jesus. All of that isn't supposed to inform our praise. All of that isn't actually supposed to affect it at all. Because again, worship isn't like, ooh, I'm not in debt anymore. So I'm going to worship the Lord. Like, you can you do it. But even when you were in debt, you should worship the Lord. I just got an awesome job. I'm going to worship God. You should. I just lost my job. Worship the Lord. You get what I'm saying? But so often, that feels foreign to us. Because, right, worship is joy and praise and thanksgiving. But again, worship isn't about us. Whether you drove here or you walked here. Own a house, rent a house. Doesn't matter. We as a people, when we worship, are to posture ourselves around the person of Jesus for who he is and what he's done. And because of that, we should worship him. And again, not just with our music and our songs, which we're going to do right now. But when we go home tomorrow, we'll go home tonight, but you know, tomorrow starts. We all have jobs and emails and responsibilities and to-do lists. In the midst of that, be reminded, this is your homework. For, for all you teachers, God bless you. When you're overwhelmed, when all our kids are wishing you weren't a teacher tomorrow. In the midst of that, we'll be praying for you. But also, like, in the midst of that, remember all that you are is meant to worship the Lord. 
all that effort and all that time, all our jobs, all the things God's called us to, we're called to worship God in it. Well, Pastor Riz, if I liked my job, it'd be easier to worship. You're like, did you hear what I just said? I know, but the whole point is, regardless if we like it or not, if it's good or not, if we want something different, where we're at with what we have, remember, we worship God with our time, our talent, our resources, our voices because of who he is and what he's done. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you that our worship, our praise, and your character are not affected by the things of the world. That you are Christ, the solid rock that we can stand upon. That your character has no shadow in its turning. Um, it's the, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God, we all have burdens. We all have things that are distracting us even right now. We all have things that we're worrying about. And God, we just ask that all of those would pale in comparison to who you are. That you would help us to grow into a people that aren't as easily swayed by circumstance. But rather, we'd be a people that are anchored in Christ. That we're anchored in your character and your goodness. And so even today, in these few songs of worship, before we, we go out and celebrate all that you're doing in our church, before that, we ask that these few songs of musical worship would come from an authentic genuine, heartfelt place because of who you are and what you've done for us. And I pray that we would be able to do that today as, a, as one family, as one church ohana gathered in this place. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.